you are listening to the Life Story Podcast, discovering stories, whole, restored, and shared. For more information or to partner with us financially, join us at www.lifestory.org. Subscribe to this podcast using iTunes or your Android podcast app. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm um, here today at Access the Story Central. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's hardcore here. It's great. It's fun. Um, with Trav Johnson, good friend of mine, and we're going we're gonna to have a chat. So thanks for joining us. Hi, Trav. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm very well. Good. Thanks for, thanks for me having you at the office. Yeah. That's how I roll. Yeah. I just bust into other people's offices sure. and ask them to talk to me. That's good. So, um, thanks for the um, – we just had a coffee and a bit of a stroll through the parkland. Mm-hmm. That was good. Nice prep. So um, we're gonna, um, why don't we start by you uh, letting some people – Know a little bit about yourself. Um, I met you about ooh, how many years ago? Five, yeah, six about, years ago. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, had the joy of sharing some space in the office here while I was working with YFC, um, and I'm um, followed your ministry for quite a while now. So, yeah, you want to fill us in a little bit on those people who don't know who you are? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, probably, probably first and foremost, happy to be more than happy actually to be a husband to, to Pixie uh, and um, enjoy being a dad to, to four boys. Our oldest is nearly 21, the youngest is 11. Yeah. And so uh, we've actually had opportunity to kind of yeah, be a part of seeing some young men be raised up, which is really great. Uh, but my, my background has certainly uh, been in a lot of church-based ministries since the mid-90s um, as a youth pastor and senior pastor and then I uh, felt God calling us back into youth ministry again. And, and that, with that calling back into uh, youth ministry, um, uh, started to experiment with um, just some, I guess, some storytelling and discovery-based learning around engaging young people with the Bible. Uh, and uh, saw some really great things come out of that experimentation. And since then, we've been, been on a journey where we've uh, developed that into um, I guess some some common practice and some uh, some models for uh, how to um, yeah be training others uh, in things like experiential learning or storytelling, um, and uh, access to story is kind of birthed out of that um, out of that practice and out of that desire to see young people engage with who God is through um, yeah through the Bible. Awesome. Go and give us a shameless plug. What's your website? Accessthestory.com. Oh, that was simple. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Um, so we've we got a couple of topics. We're going to hopefully get through a couple of podcasts today um, talking about a couple of issues and a couple of um, sort of hot topics. I guess as a live story, we exist about three to provoke three core conversations, um, as you know. And so one of them is discipleship, massive topics. Um, the second being community. What is authentic community all about? What does it mean? How do we achieve it? You know, it's a huge topic again. Um, and the third one um, being stewardship. And uh, we reali- we believe that there's a bigger conversation out there than uh, that needs to be had about the kingdom resources and the resources that God's given us and how, what our responsibilities are as disciples in that. So there are about a billion subjects we could talk about today. Um, uh, having known each other for a long time, we've yeah. had a billion conversations. Yes. Um, but we're going to um, focus today because I'm known for my focus <laughs> I thought <laughs> I'm famous for my focus yeah. um, that um, we might we might focus in on discipleship yeah. um, in particular again big topic but I guess we might start in a place where um, 
I, I've often said to you that the, I think there are a bunch of terms within uh, the church that um, are specifically vague yeah. <laughs> in their definition. And unfortunately, what happens, I think, and we uh, we say certain terms in within the church world, and we all nod and we all go, mm, "Yes, I agree." But but somewhere in there, there's a problem. Is that I'm not sure we all define those terms the same way. Yeah. Therefore, we we assume that we agree, yeah. but actually, we all agree on different definitions. And I think discipleship's one of those. We've talked about your know, stories, another one of those. Yeah. Uh, I think community's one of those. They're all, they're, they're big words. Mm. Um, and so I guess I know that you you have a working definition of discipleship for you that, mm. that you kind of roll with. And so um, you, can you give us, just start that conversation for sure. us today with, yep. with what you think discipleship is yeah. and let's try and work around a, a new definition of that. Yeah, moment. so one of the things I think is helpful is to think in terms of, okay, well, what was my definition of disciple what was sure. what was my default yeah um and and having recognized there's other people other people have different defaults what was my default in 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 my context i i was um what we call discipled yep. by a youth leader when i was part of a youth ministry and what that meant was um you know i was invited would you like to be discipled and i was sure no idea what that meant but sure let's do that and that was actually basically a seven-week course at an older christian or youth leader would come and you know visit me in my home for you know for those times and we'd go through things like what baptism is and you know so there's you know, elements there's important things that our church felt needed to be covered intentionally for so that I could be discipled um, and so there's so I'm really grateful for the intentionality of that and the, yeah. and some foundation that's given me sure but I'm also recognizing that that experience, I think, skewed or reduced my understanding of what it is to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple. Right. Um, and so what's been helpful for me is in going to, uh, it's actually Matthew 4, where there's a story of Jesus calling the um, calling the four, uh, and uh, he asks them, he invites them mm. to follow him, uh, and so they lay down their nets. We know the story, but also part of that story is that they then go on to be with Jesus when he heals people and when he tells of the kingdom. And so wherever Jesus went, there they were as well. Sure. Um, and so in my context now, where I'm, uh, I guess, helping or you know prompting people to understand what discipleship means, I simply use the the phrase: it's it's actually about going where Jesus goes. Um, sure, you know, and so that's that was true for the disciples in the in the gospels. But it's also true for us as well as um, we go where Jesus goes in our in our lives. And so, if there needs to be a shaping that happens, or a conviction that needs to take place, or an encouragement that He seeks to bring to us, then part of my discipleship is responding to His leading of my character development, or or, or it might be that He's prompting me into. Um, into helping someone else or serving someone else, and so he's going before me, and I follow him into that, into that space. Sure. Okay. So that's kind of the, the if there's a working definition yeah. in me communicating that to a particular young person, yep. it's going where Jesus goes. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. And so uh, the takeaway for you when when you get there is that the the intentionality of that process yep. um, is what's important, and what you've just said before is. The, the part of your discipleship that you experienced, the bit that you take away that you appreciated was the intentionality of that process. And so um, so that that intentionality, I think, is extremely important. It's not a... I think often we uh, think about discipleship happening 
just by accident or by osmosis yep. or if somebody hangs around long enough yep. maybe they'll pick it up yeah um and just kind of like the flu <laughs> um yeah. that somehow they'll get the gist of it but actually there is power and intentionality in in a process whatever that but we can talk about the mechanism and the yeah. the um the programmatic effect of that we, we can talk about the way you do it in yep. a minute but intentionality is important intentionality is important but like, I, I i think um, and we were talking before about the reality that I carry a theology that at the end of the day, God's always intentional mm. about seeing us grow into the likeness of who Jesus is. Right. So he's intentional about our discipleship. But that doesn't let us off the hook when we seek to raise up an emerging generation in, in making disciples either. Uh, and so um, what I've picked up from my experience as a young person where someone intentionally invested time and energy in me um, and um, my my desire really is to is to learn from that and to and to model that and to replicate that in my life in my family and 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 the you know the team that I'm a part of. Mm. Um, but it's uh, but it's also important for me not to allow myself to reduce the term discipleship down to that thing that I do intentionally in raising someone else up. No, my discipleship now is even in the process of of mentoring or coaching someone else because i get to learn from their growth as well i get to learn from their participation in what god is inviting them to do sure uh, and so there's a sense where it's still true you know this idea of going where jesus goes we get to go together um if jesus is um you know shaping us or calling us into something um, then we do that together and we learn from one another Right. process. So rather than um, uh, we sit down, I input into you, you go off and give it a yeah. shot, come back to me and report how that went yeah. and maybe I critique and give you some bit of pointers of maybe how you do it a little bit better next time you go out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so so there's two things there that I, I want to I point on and we can decide which one to go there yeah. first. But first is going with others where Jesus yes. is. Yep. So that this um, sort of... Uh, co-journey <laughs> this idea of going together yep. it is a is a a very powerful theme with jesus and his disciples so um it's very much come with me and watch me but we are going together to have these experiences and, and he involves them in the activity that he absolutely yep yep um that'll get you onto another one of my yep, sure. bugs later <laughs> on we'll get there eventually um and so what i, I want to Okay, so that's very powerful. I just think that idea of uh, discipleship being about us walking with people through through a long haul mm. and being with them in the places where they're learning, mm. and and the the rough and the the tough and the and the hard, but also the joys mm. and the, the celebrations. Um, I think that's a that's a powerful thing that I'm not sure you can programize. I'm not sure you can make that into a seven week course. Mm. Can you? Is that something you... No, you can't um, because, uh, so, uh, that w because what that, um, uh, what that implies is when someone, you know, if, if my disciple, uh, just I find it hard to sure. use that term, but yes. it's a little bit like I'm the, I'm the parent, you're the child. Yes. But if the, if the person I'm walking with, you know, suffers, a, well, someone just recently in our, in our team suffered a significant loss of a family member. And so... Uh, so Jesus is mm. taking us together. So mm. it just you know, so I, because of the relationship we have with my wife and I have with this person, um, the 
God's calling us because he's called us to walk with this person through their life in this particular season of their lives, um, God's calling, inviting us to walk with them through this through this deep valley at the moment sure. as well. And um, the reality is that that's a part of discipleship mm. as well as when this person, you know, gets to celebrate their graduation, you know, we walk with them in that. Mm. Or when this person isn't, there's another, um, there's, there's other stories of, you know, folks walking, you know, working through what, what's it mean for me to, you know, who am I and uh, um, you know, what's God calling me to? And rather than us just providing the answers to that, we walk with them as they discover um, you know, issues of identity and issues sure. of calling and even stuff like sexuality and stuff like that. Sure. You know, the, you're, um, you're in there, you're right, you're in there for the long haul walking through the, the hard stuff but also the, the celebrations as well. And in that process as you're, you're walking with them, I imagine you know, a good friend of mine would, would say that um, the process of discipleship then it actually involves a process of imprinting people with Jesus. Yeah. So, so that, that, it, that um, you it's not imprinting ourselves on others yeah. as we're in that place and saying, well, this is what I'd do and this is how I'd go about it and this is how I'd solve this problem and this is my wisdom yeah. and this is my... But actually joining them in seeking Jesus yeah. for um, for peace, yeah. for, for patience, for understanding, for insight, for for leading, for comfort, for yeah. that, that actually Jesus has something to say about those things mm. and that instead of us... Um, uh, answering everybody's question, which is also a default, I think, of discipleship, how it's been. We, we as Christians, as we've discipled people, and we'll get to this in a second, you said earlier it was often about teachings and beliefs, yep. uh, formulating a theology in somebody. Yep. Yep. And, and there's a place for that. And I think we yep. need to get back to we can't throw the baby out of the bathwater. Yep. There's a place for that. But we have tended to answer a lot of questions for people yep. rather than joining them in their questions and saying wow, let's seek Jesus together in that question. That is a very good question that I could answer with my little bent, but actually it might be more powerful if together we go with Jesus yeah. to seek answers. So I actually think that um, what comes to mind when you're saying this, Richard, is uh, the, uh, the, um, the stuff that uh, Chris Folmsby's put together in his yep. book, uh, story, signs, and sacred rhythms. Okay, uh, and he talks about the starting place of spiritual formation, mm. uh, and um, uh, and and what he what he does is helps us understand that often our starting place is about the behaviours and expressions. So there's certain things that a Christian, for example, does or doesn't do, mm. and so we often start our discipleship with, oh, you know, you need to your behaviour needs to look like this to reflect who Jesus is. Mm. Um, or it might be a certain theological bent that we want to make sure that people go through the grid. Uh, and so our, you know, our theology becomes a starting point. Or it might be, like I said before, the identity and calling. So someone, and I think there is a tendency towards us um, uh, uh, kind of um, you know, honouring people in pastoral ministry or mission work because they've obviously been called. Whereas that's actually not a true reflection of the biblical story, I don't think, because, um, you know, and, and I think that's, a, that's that, uh, um, you know, that skewed honouring um, often, I think, comes from the starting point being, you know, who am I and what has God, what has God called me to do as the starting point of discipleship. Mm. So Folmsby talks in terms of the, the starting point being he just uses the word story, yep. uh, and what's um, uh, what's behind that I think is that there's the story of that person, 
helping people articulate their story, what uh, you know, where they've come from, uh, who's influenced them, what they've struggled with, what their challenges have been, uh, what they hope for. So helping them tell their story, um, but also providing a space where um, they're able to recognise, you know, the story of God in that as well. And and what we mean by the story of God, it's the, it's the Bible, but it's also you know God's story is playing out now, and He's inviting me to participate in what He's doing. And so if that if that's a starting starting point of discipleship, meaning that we're walking with them through their questions right. and invite and helping them invite Jesus to 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 find um you know to find resolve in mm. that rather than just um, laying over our answers and laying over our experience or our story, then then the things like theology and identity and calling and you know the the way of life stuff and the behaviours and expressions, what I actually do and what my priorities are, come out of an informed um, centre of what's my story and what's God's story. Mm. Does, does that is that kind of making yeah, it sense? Yeah, does. I, I think well, what that opens the door to is the reality that you can be discipling people. Uh, pre a full understanding of who God is yeah. and pre a full understanding of who God is in their life, yeah. that actually the process of discovering their story is a discipleship process, even pre them having it revealed to them the full yeah. nature of who God is. That's true. And so discipleship is a much bigger, uh, instead of it being, oh, someone's made a commitment to follow Jesus, now we must backfill them with knowledge and yeah. teaching and get them up to a point where they can be a functioning Christian yeah. and then we would encourage them to do the same with the next person. One of the images that was really helpful for me some years ago when we uh, I was talking about this with uh, a guy from Chicago and and, and he, he said, I think his name was Seth, he said, uh, we tend to view discipleship as me standing at the beginning of the journey that a young person has uh, with their backpack and me filling their backpack with all the stuff that they'll right. need for the journey right now. So you'll need this, you'll need this yep. doctrine, you'll need, you know, uh, how you deal with, how you deal with, the, you know, the opposite sex. You, we, need, we need all this stuff in your backpack um, and, uh, and then we send them off. See you later. Yeah. Um, he says, <laughs> but a more helpful image is here's an empty backpack. Maybe we'll need this, you know, to start us off. But let's walk together, yeah. and you help them notice the things that are being provided along the way, to you know, and, and prompting them to put that in your backpack as you yeah. go. Uh, and I thought, oh, that's such a helpful image yeah. because it does it deconstructs this this mentality that we we need to make sure we fix things, get people ready. That's right. First, before yeah. they go. Yeah. And look, my experience in uh, many years with youth of Christ, especially with young leader development, especially when you saw uh, young people come come to Jesus, they've had a radical transformation in in their conversion to Jesus, um, and their desire and ability to go immediately yeah. into the mission field, to, yeah. to, to immediately be disciple makers, yeah. where often the judgment would be, well, hang on, they're barely understanding themselves mm. the full extent of what it means to be a person of faith. Mm. How can they be ready to go and share? Well, mm. what we found is in not slowing people down, in not stopping them, and not saying, hang on, you don't know enough, sit down for a while, we have to fill your backpack up. But in the process of actually saying, okay, go and make disciples as you have been made a disciple. Mm. Yeah, you don't know everything yet. Mm. What would happen is they would be actively out in the world, being salt, being light, having these conversations about who God was. And what we'd find is they'd come back to us and say, I've just been asked a question I don't know the answer to. Can you help me now? 
and they would seek input and discipleship. And what they would do is they would learn more, they would grow, and they would go back out again and say, that was really helpful. Thank you, I'm ready to go engage. What it also trained them to do was to be authentic and honestly say to some things, I don't know the answer to that. And what happens was we would see them then engage in discipleship relationships with other people on the basis of how about we discover together what the answer to those questions are without them having all of this backpack full of things. They didn't have quick, sharp, easy answers they didn't have to think about. They weren't able to just whip it out and go, well, read that. That'll answer your question. They said, that's a powerful question. Let's together go and journey that. And I think that, um, that is very powerful to watch. It's scary to watch sometimes. Is it risky? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is that the point? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think um, I think that's really powerful. I think along the, I'm going to talk to a good friend of mine, Michael Henderson, um, artist and pastor, and um, and and he he has an analogy around that um, when he's discussing uh, faith with people, um, which is discipleship. And I'll let him speak to it more thoroughly in another podcast. But he talks about him. Um, Often what we do when we talk to people about God and have, the, have this joint relationship is we cram them into a really um, a small room full of stuff. Yeah. Like lots of bookcases, things hanging off the edge. There's, you know, you kind of make your way in and that's all the stuff they need to know about God. And then we have a discussion with them in this room, which is packed tight. And he says what he likes to do is he likes to have discussions with people in a sparsely furnished room. Yeah. He says, I like to sit with people in the middle of a room that has very little in it. And they bring into it the questions. And he said, I have full confidence in who God is, that as we do that, he will make himself known as they start to work out what it is that they need to find answers to. And so um, I, I, think, I think that's a very powerful model. Now, I'm going to... Yep. You're primed to say something else, but I'm going right. to yep. slightly change bent. So what was really strong about the discipleship you experienced, which um, was, and we, we've touched on this, was that, you know, there were some teachings, there were some core beliefs, there were some things that were, there was theology, it helped to kind of actually build your understanding of who God was. There were some teachings which, you know, when you come to faith, you don't know these things, and these things are important. And so th there is a case, and there'll be people saying, but those things are really important, that we teach people the foundations of the faith, and their mm. theology is strong, and their their, their biblical literacy is high and that, that you know, they kind of have an understanding of what we believe God to be. There's a place for that. How does that fit and how do we address that? What, is, you know, what are some of the ways that we can go forward to make sure that people are learning the, the core bits of theology of who God is, um, but we're letting them experience a, a wider understanding of what this option is? Is that a... That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So one of the because you don't want to throw that out no. at all. That's something you valued. So one of the one of the fears I think that um, we naturally have when we start talking in terms of what we call a discovery based approach, when it comes to discipleship and, and certainly Bible engagement, um, one of the fears is we have is well, what about what about the expertise that has been you know, that I've learned at Bible college or sure. my pastor has or, um, you know, people in authority have, have naturally gathered that really needs to be passed on. Like, and the reality is that that's, that's it's true. Like there's some things that... You run the risk, everyone just makes up their own story, right. their know, own, story, just, their own you ending. A, you know, you, you discover what you want kind of environment. Then what about what, truth? Yeah, what about exactly. things that they must and, and discover? So really, it's a really valid um, fear and a, yeah. a really valid concern. Um, and so what, what, as we've grappled with that, we've um, 
thought in we've been thinking in terms of what does it mean to provide like a space like Michael's talking in terms of, but a Bible infused or a story of God infused space. Mm. And so we're still inviting people to engage with who God is through his story, but we're doing it in such a way that's invitational. So we're not assuming that they're there because they want to know everything from me as a teacher. Uh, we, we're simply learners together uh, and we invite them to step what we call stepping into the story. Mm. So we step into this story together. It might be a story from the Gospels if it's Bible engagement. It might be a story of, of mission from, a, you know, from, a, uh, from someone who's been involved overseas or you know, wh- whatever it is. We, we talk in terms of um, you know, stepping into the story. And then uh, the next part of that process is we invite them to sit in that story. Uh, and we invite that small that might be a small community to retell what they've just heard. Um, you know what stood out to you? What what questions arise from that for you? Um, uh, what you know? What do you wonder about? Or, or how can you see how this story that we've been through together now might intersect with your story? How does it connect with your story? Is there a, is there a character that you can relate to? And so of a of a four step kind of four rhythm process, those are the first two. Rhythms, and what we found time and time again is, as we, if we genuinely give people space to step into the story and to sit in the story, we then invite them to walk in the story, and that's where expertise comes in. So things like cultural context or historical context or church history stuff or whatever, because um, there's a sense where an invitational uh, learning space has already been primed through them stepping and sitting. uh, Often, usually, actually, usually. Particularly, young people are in this space where we go. Well, so what does that what does that mean? You know, like, and so, so that teaching is relevant. All so, the, so the so the doctrine stuff and the you know all the all the stuff that we're fearful that won't get passed on. Mm. I, I actually think that if we trust a young person to um, to wrestle with the content first themselves, um, some really great questions emerge out of that, and we can go. Oh, it just so happens that back in you know. Back in the days of the the early church, uh, they wrestled with the same questions, and here's what they came up with. Right. Or you know, or the or the early church fathers, or you know, or, or my pastor twenty years ago went through an experience like this, and and this is what he came. This mm. is a publication, you know. So there's a there's a sense where if we trust people to wrestle with it first, sure. often they'll come up not with just the questions we assume that they might have. They come up with the questions that are burning for them, and right. it's often the right questions. We would often um, talk about um, at YFC when we did a bunch of our um, uh, work with young people in schools. And so I, I, let's just also say, as a as a caveat, this isn't just about young people, is it? Obviously, but this is one of the places where you're at work. You and know, that, kind and of uh, you're right. So that's not just a theoretical thing that you've just said. No. Practically, we've we've that, seen sixty year olds go through some do the of same our process. Yeah, it's right, unbelievable. exactly. And so I think that's important to say. Yep. Um, and so um, we would often talk about the difference between um, sparking a flame or filling a bucket. Yeah, right. And we talk about um, there's only so people have only so much capacity to contain information, and so you can teach at people mm. in the filling a bucket model, mm. and there comes a point where the ability to retain that information is is gone. There's only mm. so much, and you teach at them. But the power of actually sparking a flame in somebody to actually start to pursue and ask questions, to seek information and to seek truth and to seek answers and to, to ask questions um, is limitless. A bushfire has no end until it runs out of fuel, yeah. um, whereby um, the, the rim of a bucket has a finite capacity. Mm. And so I, I, hear in you that, I hear in you two things, and I think this is very powerful. 
you, you are willing to trust people and their journey. You're willing to trust that they want to ask the right questions. That's very powerful. Mm. And you, you trust that God is powerful enough to make himself known when they ask those questions. But uh, a significant... Would, sorry. Would that be true? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so a significant part of the, I guess, the orientation that we take leaders through mm. is, is going to John 16... Uh, where Jesus uh, unpacks, you know, the, the fact that he's going to be moving on, but unless he unless he goes, you know, he, the spirit spirit can't mm. come, and so the person of the Holy Spirit um, is is someone who we can trust, and and when Jesus talks in terms of the fact that he's going to lead us into all truth, he is actually going to do that. Yeah. And he does it time and time again. Yes. Uh, and and when when Jesus says that all I have, all I have, um, uh, so yeah. So when Jesus talks in terms of uh, what he has from the Father being given to you, it's the role of the Spirit to give those things, those spiritual realities, mysterious as they are, yeah. to young people, to old people. And so, um, I, I th- yes. The answer to your question is yes, that we, we, we have, t- and it's, again, it's not just a theoretical, theological, doctrinal, you know, the Spirit leads us into all truth, so we need to believe it. No, as we've tested that and provided spaces for the Spirit to speak into people's lives with the questions that they have, um, I've found time and time again there's been things I've been learning from those that you'd normally call my disciples and that, that's a very powerful environment. And I, I think when that sort of stuff happens, that's when we're starting to taste a little bit of what community feels like. Right. So th- I'll ask you one or the last question. Um, people who are, res- are recipients of this n- new process of discipleship, the people who have kind of experienced this new way of discovering, uh, discovery-based learning and... Um, seeking out themselves and um are, are you seeing that um that their then approach to others is changing in line with that in that they are wanting to um give others the opportunity to discover the way that they have as well because obviously look a disciple by definition in a sense is a disciple making disciple so you know some uh, the, the, po- the point that is that the intention is that we are all disciple-making disciples. We're all going where Jesus goes and going with others and we are looking for others to go where others go. Um, are, we, are, you, are you starting to see in, in people who have had that opportunity to be discipled in this way, where they're going along with people, are you seeing people start to get and grasp that idea of going on that journey with other people as well? I think the... Um the the window of insight. So so the so my answer is yes. Mm. So we are seeing that. Um, the window of insight, I think, is in one of the things that frustrates people to begin with with our um, with our with our process. Mm. Uh, when someone asks asks a question, um, as part of the process, we we train facilitators to to not answer mm. uh, to to <laughs> to. Um, uh, to allow mystery and wonder to happen, to, uh, to to say things like, "Oh, that's a really great question," and leave it at that. Yeah. Um, or, or 
prompt it back to the rest of the group that's meeting around that question. What, what do you guys think about that? I can testify to your yeah, so practical I do, use of I this I do that technique. all the time and it drives people crazy. Mm. But as I reflect back, and sometimes that's been my, my coping mechanism, <laughs> <laughs> I have to be honest, but, um, but as I reflect It's back, a wonderful deflection technique. It is. <laughs> uh, but it's also one of the things that has, it's been a transferable um, practice right. that, uh, that others have picked up. And, and yes, it you know, becomes a bit of mm. a funny thing that, that people give me a hard time about. But, but the reality is what that does is it opens up. It opens up the empty room. It, it's it's more likely to be the spark of a flame, mm. you know. It's it's more it's more it, it's more likely to people to have people think about okay, what do I need to put in my backpack? And it trains people to not ask you for answers. That's right. But to be imprinted with Jesus. Yep, yep. Mm. And so, are we seeing more of that kind of thing happen? Yep. So, is it affecting the way in which people are discipling yep. others? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say we're doing away with the reality of the fact that the person of Jesus, as uh, revealed in the scriptures, does, you know, does bring answers to our questions. Of course, we're help. We're simply helping people to search for that themselves mm. and, and go on this process of discovery. Um, and is that is that being multiplied? Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. being multiplied. Yeah. yeah. It it's long game. The discipleship is. is yeah. uh, we talked about this before. Um. When we talk about the concept of evangelism in that very mm. almost quite specific term that uh, we've had plenty of experiences where that's calculatable. <laughs> mm. um, so people, this many people have made commitments. Mm. The question of yes, but how many of those people are now in ongoing deepening relationships with Jesus who are seeking Jesus for answers and it's changing their life and it's it's transforming their life and it's um, shaping the way they make decisions about everything in their life and they are now investing in others and that's the question um the discipleship is um a little less tangible in that calculatable way you know we uh we all love a good KPI mm. <laughs> you know they're everywhere mm. um and there's nothing wrong with them mm. but it's very hard to apply KPIs to discipleship sometimes, especially um, when you're talking about uh, long range, long term, in the in the rough and tumble of life with people. But there are ways you can measure it. You you can see people grow in their discipleship journey. Mm. That is true, but it just may not be as clean cut and as easy to calculate as mm. some of the other ways that we've approached things. Mm. So um, look, I'm. I think what you're doing is great. I think um, you, you know, you, 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 you're working and hard to to try and change the way that this conversation is happening. And as are lots of people. Yeah. And I guess for me, um, my my opportunity is to try and talk to as many people as I can who are working in this space and seeing what they're seeing is working. And I don't think there is one answer. And I'm not sure that you know that there'll be different approaches all across the board. Yeah. Um. But um, it's important for me to hear what it is you're experiencing right now. The the need that um. I was thinking about this recently um, with the way, and I think in terms of a generation. So mm. yes, it's young people, but it's a generation. Sure. Um, and some of the research I've been doing recently, um, uh, I, I had a like an image spark for me, and it was like kind of like the generation is like the great divide in in Australia, like so the the, the mountain range, the great divide right. from the sure. tip of Queensland down yep. to the Grampians. Um, and if we were to pick up the 
uh, the statistics, I guess, in regards to yep. how the church is engaging that generation, um, based on some of my calculations, we, we're pretty much covering of a of a three thousand eight hundred kilometre stretch of mountain range. Right. We're covering about seventy kilometres. Okay. Um, yep. And so the need is is massive. Yeah. Uh, and so you're right from the point of view of as we seek to engage that generation, um, how do we um, how do we measure the success? Well, I think it can be found not just you know in one block of seventy kilometer correct sure range. This is how you do it, so everyone needs to do that. But I think there are mountaineers across the range there are. that we need to identify and and tell their stories and go. You know what can we learn from one another? And our danger has always been inside the church is to try and find a model, yeah, um, stick it in our backpack. Go back to our church, photocopy it, yeah. <laughs> and see if we can make it work. Yeah. Um, and I think um, what I'm seeing for you is in your context, in the place that God's placed you, you're trying to find a solution to effectively make disciples, yeah. um, and and that works. And in some ways and some places, those models are helping other people. That's right. But there are other places where other people are working Things on models work of doing there. that. That's, That's right. right. And so um, it's time for us to not go for a cookie-cutter solution. Yeah. Although there is a core basis, I think, which is true across the board, and that is that we are called to make disciples. Mm. We're not actually called to plant churches. We're not called to do evangelism. We're called to make disciples. Mm. Will churches be planted? Yes. Will evangelism happen? Of course. We are called to make disciples. That is core. A disciple is a disciple making disciple. And ultimately, as you've said, um, a disciple is someone who goes where Jesus goes. Mm. And I think a discipler and the process of discipleship is people going with people where Jesus is Mm. and where Jesus is going. And I think in our current culture and our environment right now, there are a lot of places where Jesus would be. Yeah. And the challenge for us as Christians is, are we in those places? Yeah. Are we going with other people into those places? Are we encouraging them to go into those places. And are we expecting to see him at work in those places? And I think here's the reality. He's already there That's right. doing what he's doing. Are we willing to go and be in those places and meet him where he already is? Yeah. And it's, it's not about us taking Jesus there. Yeah. He's already there. Yeah. He's asking, are we willing to go there with him mm. and learn more of who he is by being there with him? I think is, is one key. All right, let's stop. We could talk for like seven hours, but that was great. Um, We've got more to talk about in another couple of podcasts, but thanks, Trav. Um, I'm sure we're going to do this a bit more often. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, mate. You are listening to the Live Story Podcast, discovering stories, whole, restored, and shared. For more information or to partner with us financially, join us at www.livestory.org. Subscribe to this podcast using iTunes or your Android podcast app.